Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher. We're here recording from our new and updated studio, (laughs) bringing you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. We're so excited to finally have this new space that our team's been working hard on. We've worked really hard on this. I know a lot of you listen to the podcast, which we support, but do us a favor, go to iphonelife.com podcast and watch the video because we're really excited about our new studio and insiders, you guys get the most benefit from this because we're gonna have all our live classes from the new studio and a lot of our videos from the new studio. So we're really excited about the new look of our space here. Yes, and for a lot of you who've been listening for years, thank you for bearing with us as we have improved both the studio lighting setup and also the audio. Uh, I feel like we're really starting to dial it in, but always feel free to email us at podcast at iphonelife.com and let us know. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll shoot a bonus content at some point to give you guys a tour because we got a lot of little like secret things over there like i know i love ourselves a slinky with a backstory and you can see our magazines back there and all that so sometime we'll give you guys a tour yeah and our home pot that we can talk to to tell us to uh to tell it that we're about to record so that no one comes and disturbs us in the office (laughs) yeah um so okay we have a lot of fun stuff to talk to you about this ish, this episode. We have uh, the follow-up on the new emojis, and we've done lots of tests to find out if they work on different devices. I really went down an emoji rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> like, I spent a long time trying to figure out what an emoji is for you all, so. Yeah, because we'd had problems with texting the new emojis to people, them showing up as gray boxes or question marks, and we had a lot of you write into us and let us know you had the same problem. So we wanted to really get to the bottom of it yeah. and let you know what the deal is, and also how to know which are the new emojis. We also did a little test with notification summaries, and I am a convert. Last time I was complaining to you all that I hate the notification summary feature of iOS 15 and never use it, and that has changed in the past two weeks. Yeah, insiders will know. We, Don and I in the insider <laughs> section of the podcast started an experiment, and we're here with the results for you guys, so lots yes. to talk about. Uh, Also, WWDC, Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, has officially been announced, so we're going to talk about rumors for that and also the date for that coming up. So stay tuned. But first, uh, David's going to tell you about the sponsor for this episode. Yeah, so today's sponsor is GoBuddy. Uh, And longtime listeners will know that GoBuddy has a huge range of products for you. uh, And they're really practical accessories for your iPhone. They're affordable, and they really tend to solve a very specific problem. So today's uh, today's product that I want to tell you about of theirs is their crossbody lanyard. And it's really cool. It's a really simple product. It's a leather strap that goes across your body and it has a little adapter for a pop socket. So you take your phone with a pop socket, you put it in and it holds it securely across your body so that you have access to it hands-free. If you're on a hike, if you're at a trade show, anytime you want to have quick access to your phone but don't want to hold it, it's a really perfect solution for you. And they now have two sizes. So they have uh, one of the complaints is that sometimes it was a little long for people who are more on the petite side or short side. So now they have two sizes for you. And as always, their products are really affordable. This product is under $20. So make sure you check it out. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's on Amazon. Uh, if you type GoBuddy is G-O-B-U-D-I, and then it's a crossbody lanyard. I also wanted to tell you about our daily tip newsletter. Um, If you're new to iPhone life, joining our free daily tip newsletter is a great way to start learning and mastering your iPhone without any commitment. If you sign up at iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you get a one minute tip in your inbox every morning that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone. And we have over 250,000 people already on this newsletter who are loving it. It's, um, I think it's an amazing thing to check out every morning while you're drinking your coffee, um, make sure that you're brushing up on your skills. And also if there's a new software update, we'll make sure to keep you on top of that too. So if there's new features, you'll be among the first to know if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips. And I have a tip that I wanted to talk about today, um, and it's it's a controversial one. Yeah, you have a smirk. I'm now real <laughs> curious here what this it's tip is. It's <laughs> because I have opinions about it. The tip is how to know if someone read your text. Ah, uh, here we go. The whole left on red uh-huh. thing. Um, so 
with iPhone, you have the option of whether or not to allow people to see if you've read their text messages. So you know how when you text someone, sometimes it'll say read below it. Um, or if you, there's so many different messaging platforms now, and a lot of them don't let you customize this. So Facebook Messenger or um, Instagram, for instance, you can see if someone's read your text. There's nothing you can do about that. Um, that's just the way it is. But on your iPhone, this is a choice you can make, and that's why I'm saying it's, it's a pretty like polarizing question because a lot of people would say you don't want to show someone if you've read their messages because um, what if you don't want to respond or you know you might want the option to make mm -hmm. it seem like you never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> that is clearly where I stand, but still, I thought I would share with you how you can turn this on in case you want to. By default, it's off, I believe. I've had no, it off for I, so long that I don't even know. I think by default, it's on. Really? I think just the. I think you are in the majority that almost everybody goes and turns it off, but I actually don't know. While you tell okay. them, I will Google the default. Um, yeah, that would be great because I don't think we have that in our tip. It would be a good thing to include. So the benefits of this tip is if you do want to enable it or keep it on, your friends, you're letting your friends know you've seen their texts without having to respond. And that can be helpful for things like if it wasn't a yes or no, if it wasn't like a, a message that required a response, but it was important information, you can still be like, okay, they, at least they saw it. Um, and you also can let your friends do the same, let them know you've seen what they've sent you. Um, so you go to settings, messages, then you'll have a send red receipts option, which if it's green, that means it's toggled on and people can see when you've read their text. If you don't want that to be the case, toggle it off and it'll turn just that light gray color. And to answer the question, by default, it's turned on. By default, it's on. That's so <laughs> wild. Because I would say most people go turn it off, figure this one out, because most people, I, it's like rare, and I'm always surprised when I can see red Yeah, receipts. yeah. It, it, How I, about I, you? Do you have friends who keep it on? I have a few, and my reaction is similar. I'm always like, ooh, I'm like surprised. <laughs> I'm like, do they not know that they can turn this off? Okay, a few, a few extra things. First of all, to get to the real heart of the controversy, is it red receipts or read receipts? Oh, man. I feel like at one point I knew I always call them read rece re receipts, but actually now that you say it, I feel like it maybe is read receipts. No, I mean, I say read receipts, but I think you're – we've had this long-standing debate in <laughs> life, and I think we've settled on read receipts because it's a receipt to show that you have read it. Yeah, so like, and it's about, like, you know, you say, like, left, left on read, not yeah. left on read. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay, that, um, the left on read – saying really solidified it yeah it's like a gif gif situation which gif is the right answer clearly <laughs> so you also can t can customize this per person so if you want to keep it off across the board but let a couple people that you know you don't mind do that you can find their um in messages select their contact card um, and then toggle send red receipts on or off from there. So that's also an option for you? It's In that path, I have considered. Clearly, mm -hmm. Donna and I are both on the do not send red <laughs> Sometimes receipts. Sometimes we agree too much. We have strong opinions. A lot of times they're like similar. <laughs> and then we'll get readers writing in and telling us why we're wrong. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll be curious to hear from y'all. Um, I have considered turning on red receipts for a few people, such as like my partner. So if I'm in a meeting they, and she sends me a text, I can go look at it yeah. and she'll see that I saw it. But even then, I feel like I feel like it's always just an invitation for drama. <laughs> like, I know. When do you want somebody to know that you have seen a message but have not replied? I had a friend of mine a year, about a year ago, somehow it got turned on just for me and she didn't mean to oh, but like so it, it, I mean it didn't create drama but it was a weird thing at some point I'm like do, you do know that you have that on right she had no idea <laughs> yeah well and I find myself on the on the messaging platforms where it is turned on and you have no choice I find myself weirdly managing that like if somebody sends me a message that I'm not ready to respond to I'll like look at it in preview but will not open the message so they don't see that I've seen it yeah and it's just a whole layer of management that I do not need in my life <laughs> exactly it might mean that I just need different friends who don't take this stuff personally I don't know actually I don't think no. that's fair I don't think my friends do I think I'm just in my head about it yeah I mean I feel like people I've never had this create huge drama for me anyway, but I, it just does feel a little rude to be like, oh, I saw that and it just did not respond. Let's you know? Make, yeah. I will say the 
um, our COO, Noah, has it on. Yeah. And his logic is that this exact thing. It's like he's busy and sometimes he wants people to see that he's seen the message as a confirmation even if he does not have time to respond, which is logical. It's not the logic I choose, but it is a logic. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's make this a question of the week, huh? Yeah. Do you use red receipts if, if, if yes, why, if not? Why? Like, why do you guys use red receipts or not? Send us an email at podcast at iphonelife.com. I'm very curious to hear what you all think about this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, we have an insider question. And first, for those of you who don't know, I'll tell you about insider. So we have a premium subscription called iPhone Life Insider. And um, it's really a great way to master your Apple device and be extra taken care of by the iPhone Life team. We get to join things like live courses. You um, get our unlimited access to our guide library. So we have in-depth guides on topics from your iPad to your Mac to all the latest operating systems. And there's still short bite-sized videos that you can watch in, on each feature. Um, so you can come learn at your own convenience. You also have access to our team. So if you have any issues or tech problems that you're running into, you can get in touch with us and we'll help you find a solution. Uh, you also get a full access to our our archive of iPhone Life magazine. Um, so that's over 35 back issues of iPhone Life magazine, as well as access to all the new issues as they come out. And um, am I missing anything? Our podcast, you get uh, a version without the ads and with premium exclusive content from David and I. And we coming up this uh, month, and I think it's like a week away yeah, now. Starting next Wednesday. We have our camera course, photography mm -hmm. course. Camera course. Our camera course. So we're going to teach you guys everything you need to know to take great photos. And that's not just like, oh, how to make it look artistic. It's how to use all the features to make sure you're capturing photos of your friends and family that look beautiful, that you aren't blurry, that don't aren't washed out. Uh, and our live courses are so much fun. And it's in our new beautiful studio. So make I sure know. you subscribe to uh, attend the live class. Yes. And so if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, right now we're running a 30% off promotion um, for, ins for our podcast listeners. So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and make sure to sign up before next week. And that way you can join the sessions live. We'll have recordings of them after the fact that you can always access too, but um, sign up now to have that option to join as Cole and I teach the class live which I'm really excited about. Everything from like live photos to portrait mode to the new cinematic mode, we're gonna cover all of that and help you get the most out of those features. And you know, we've been using them for years and have opinions and, and tips on how to um, really capture the best pictures of your family and friends. Yes. So it'll be a lot of fun. All right, so we had an insider ask us a question. We'll share sometimes um, questions that our insiders send into us and how we help them out. So it's a pretty straightforward one, but I think it's it's like a feature that you are an option that you might not know about. How do I alphabetize my notes app? Right now it's chronological. I use the notes app all the time, basically for everything. And I actually like the fact a lot of times the default options are the ones you want to stick to because they're the most practical for the most people. Um, it's nice just to see the notes I've been working on most recently at the top and that's the way it has it by default. But if you do sort your notes or title them, um, in a really thoughtful way, you might want to have them in alphabetical order and be able to scroll through them that with that option. So you can do that. You can alphabetize your notes in the settings app. You go to settings, notes, and then under viewing, you'll see the option sort notes by and tap on um, alphabetical and select title. Oh no, tap in, on that and select title. So you want to sort by title and then it'll be by in alphabetic order by default. I cannot think of a reason why somebody <laughs> would want it, but it is, it's nice to know that other people think differently than me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say that I do, there are a few navigation things that I do use for notes. One of my favorites is pinning notes because there's a few notes that I come back to over and over again. One of them actually, funnily enough, is for the podcast whenever I have like a complaint or something I've learned for the insider section of the podcast, I like have, I will like write it down so I don't forget it. So I have a few notes that I've just pinned. You pin the podcast note? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Y'all are important to me. <laughs> <laughs> if you texted me, I would not leave you unread. No. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I have that up top and then you can also do folders. So if you have certain categories of notes, let's say you like journaling, but you also want to have like 
keep track of your like grocery list or something like that. You can have different folders for different categories of activities as well. So those I think to me would be more efficient ways than alphabetical sorting, but I'd be curious to hear why they wanted to do alphabetical. So I feel like as a bonus, you should tell people how to pin a note. Ah, there you go. Okay, well now I'm going to have to refigure it out. It's a similar process. In messages, you can also pin your favorite contacts and conversations to the top. And so it's a similar concept to that. And I do use both of those features quite a bit. Yeah, so it's okay. So if you're on a note, if you swipe from, let, let me think here. If you swipe from right to left, it pulls up a three option menu to share a note or to put it in a folder or to delete it. But if you swipe from left to right, it pulls up an option to pin it. And that's what you want to do. So the note can't be open. You have to be like in the folder view where you're seeing a preview, all the notes inside it. And that's where you do this from. Yes. Um, so yeah, I pin notes too. I love that feature. The notes app, I just can't, like I keep on trying other productivity apps and keep coming back to notes because it's so easy and kind of open form, which I like. Yeah. And I'm just not somebody, I'm not using it in a robust way, if that makes sense. Like I literally use it like a notepad. Like I'll just scribble something down if I want to remember something for later. So it's yeah. I, people who have like a whole getting things done system, things like Evernote can be really great for them. Yeah. I'm and we use things like people. Trello yeah. for other, in other types of ways. It's kind of serves different purposes. Yeah. So we had some good uh, comments from listeners last episode that I wanted to share. Some really good questions that actually got us started on this whole emoji <laughs> rabbit, <laughs> rabbit hole, hole that we're telling you about. So Marianne wrote in, she says, hi, how do I know which emojis are the new ones? I don't use them. It's overwhelming when I see how many there are. I just use the smiley face, Marianne. <laughs> so Marianne, thanks for writing in. Um, I think as we talked about before, Adding, an emo adding emojis is a nice way to make your messages more friendly. I think a smiley face totally does that. Keep with the classics. Yeah, but um, you might want to branch out. It can be fun. There isn't a way, really, like, I can spot new emojis because I've been using all of them so much that I, I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this one before, so I'll notice it that way. But Apple doesn't have, like, a new emoji section when you go to your emojis. No. So the best way is I'm going to link to an article actually from our show notes. If you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, and we have an article that has a summary of all the new emojis. There are 37 of them. We don't like split them each out individually, but we talk about some of the highlights in each of the different categories. Um, so that will be a helpful way for you. But besides that, no, Apple doesn't give you away. But while we're on the emoji topic, I did want us just to talk about some of our findings. Yes. So first of all, you are not, you are not wrong to be overwhelmed. There are, I learned today, there are over 3000 possible emojis, <laughs> which is insane. Um, so yeah, it's, it, you're not wrong to be overwhelmed. A kind of a little tip that I would recommend is Apple now has a search bar in the emoji keyboard. And so if you want to just search the emotion you're looking for, Apple will bring up emojis for you. So if you want to type in like anger, it'll bring up a bunch of angry ones. So you're not just scrolling through like flags and water guns and everything trying <laughs> to find an angry smiley face. So that is a tip. Um, okay. That's the first thing. I think there's a follow-up question here that most of my deep dive was in, in that. So Yeah, because we did have somebody write in and say, I don't use any of the new emojis because we asked people what their favorite ones were. And they said, because they show up as gray blobs on Androids and older phones, then I have to explain what I'm sending. Yeah. George wrote that. So we wanted to address, George, what your issue is. Um, and we did find an answer to that. So if yes. you're showing up as a gray blob or a question mark, which I was having people have that issue a lot over the past month too, it means they need to update their software. Yeah. So emojis are actually, okay, it, it got really complicated, which is why I went down the rabbit hole. Emojis are mostly dictated by the Unicode Consortium is what it's called. And basically that is a nonprofit. Uh, and they decide what all of the different letters should look like. Uh, so mostly it's for like typography type things. And the reason they exist is they want to make sure that like across all countries, across all languages, it, you have a, sta a universal standard so that we can all talk to each other. It's kind of cool. Uh, and most of the companies, uh, most of the people in the Unicom Unicode Consortium are the major tech companies like Apple and Google. So 
they decide what the new emojis will be. But then each of the different, uh, anybody who has a keyboard has to decide, A, are they going to support these? And B, they can actually decide what they look like. So that's mm. why you may have a smiley face that looks different on Android, on uh, FaceTime Messenger on Apple is because each of the individual carriers get to or get to have like the artistic rendering of what they want it to look like. In addition to that, they need to have you need to typically update your operating system to support it. So it, when a new emoji is released by the Unico Unicode Consortium, somehow that does <laughs> not roll off the tongue. Uh, at that point, Android and Apple and whoever else need to update their operating system to support it. So that is where these little question mark boxes come in. It's, it's typically supported by iPhone and Android, but if they are not on the most recent operating system, they may not be able to view it. And that's particularly challenging for Android where it's not as, people do not keep up with their updates as frequently. In addition, there are some emojis that are not universal. So anybody, any carrier or, you know, Apple, Google, Facebook, whatever, can decide to make their own emoji. But if it is not from the Unicode consortium, then at that point, it would not be a universal one that could be text across platform. So an example is Apple has the Apple logo, which you can use as an emoji on the Apple keyboard and text it to anybody who has an Apple product. But if you text it to Google, not surprisingly, Google didn't support it. <laughs> have I lost for the, a little dig yet no for some reason i'm like imagining the unicorn consortium like it sounds like something to me out of harry potter <laughs> that i'm imagining like dumbledore like being on like part of like deciding which emojis they, they, are approved it, it is a very like weird thing i just want to imagine them sitting around all these official companies sit around and then be like, you know what we need? We need two hands in the shape of a heart. And everyone's like, oh my God, brilliant. Yes. <laughs> Approved, green-lighted. And like. one like, fun fact is all of these are tech companies with one exception. And I didn't get to the bottom of why this is. But one of the – there's nine full board members, and it's like Facebook, Apple, Google. And then there's the Ministry of Endowments and Religious Affairs of Oman. <laughs> is one of the nine board members. Really? I okay. I do not know why. Yeah, who knows, but it, I think this is a good deep dive, David. One, one more fun fact. Okay. In 2022, the laughing crying emoji has taken over as the most popular one. That does, for my usage, that lines up. That lines up, that, that tracks. And I'm pretty sure, and I, I can't remember because I did too deep of a dive, that it took over from the crying, crying emoji. Oh, so we're, what's we're the on crying, crying? Well, Double crying? It, it's like, is it the one that's like streams of yeah, tears down? Yeah, the streams down? of tears, which I actually used to think was maybe a happy one. It is not happy. If you have <laughs> streams of tears, you're sad. If you have the tears going to the side, you're happy and laughing. Oh, this is, you're this like is laughing so hard that you're crying. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in terms of how this all applies to you, <laughs> um, <laughs> dear listener, at this point you should be able to use the new emojis and most people will get them if their software is up to date. So I did a little test before this and texted pretty much my only friend that has an Android <laughs> device and she could see all of them, even though it's always a little weird texting an Android device in my experience. There's always little bugs for me when I texted her and I looked at it on my Mac, they were showing up as question marks, even though on my iPhone, I could see what they were, but she said she saw them. So that's a good sign. And, um, at this point, most people have updated to, to, to iOS 15.4. Yeah. And so most of you, now when I'm using the new stuff, I've been using the melting face a lot this week. Really? And it's worked really well. Do you well. care to share some contexts? Like when um, would I'm renovating face? a house project <laughs> that's ruining my life. That is, does that seem like a good example? Oh, no, so perfect. Like, oh, doing all this stuff, like listing things that I'm doing and then sending the melting face because um, I am falling apart no I'm kidding. <laughs> so okay this is where i'm glad we're honing in on this thank you for sharing and being vulnerable here um so because it's like the official usage that we looked up is embarrassed but i oh. also tend to use it like i think of it as like the wicked witch of the west melting right oh. it's like uh, you're just dying a slow death 
melting into a puddle. That's yeah, that's, that's totally I what I think it. of it as. That's so interesting. That's not what it means. It means you're embarrassed. Well, again, there's a like official usage, and then there's like what, how people use things, which can be very different. So melting face, they're thinking more like you're kind of trying to hide away. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I kind of like the way I'm using it, so I'm probably gonna stick no, with I it. No, th- I think that is the. Uh, that's how I use it too. But that's um. why I asked. I was, <laughs> I was confirming. <laughs> All right, we have one more question um, from Marianne. Hi, Donna and David. Thank you for the great podcast. Can you please tell me what Apple means by the term Air? What <laughs> makes an iPad Air different from a regular iPad or iPad Pro? Great question. If the iPad Pro has a better picture, which I think is what David meant, or display, would that be better than the iPad Air for watching movies and TV? Right now, I have the original iPad Air. If the new iPad eliminated the home button, how do I log in? I don't use Face ID or Touch ID on my phone or iPad because I share it with my husband. I don't understand how two people can use the same device with Face ID or Touch ID. Thank you very much, Marianne. There's so much to unpack here. so much to unpack. So, first of all, I want to complain to Apple iPads are a great device to share in a family if they would just have multi user support. Yes. Which they need to. That way, Marianne and her husband could each have their own Face ID and Touch ID set up that allowed them to log into their separate accounts. Um, But instead, Apple only lets you log into one. So it is true if you're sharing a device with someone else, it's a bit of an awkward thing. Although if you use Touch ID, you can set up multiple prints and they can unlock it. Well, no, but you're, see, okay. So Marianne is thinking about this from like a computer standpoint where you have multiple accounts. You can have different thumbprints, but they're going to access the same information. Yeah. That's what's problematic. Like if you... Apple thinks of an iPad, at least in this way, even though they like brand it as a computer, they think of an, app, an iPad similar to an iPhone, which is an individual device where you don't have accounts. Anybody can log in, but they're always going to view the same exact layout. So, and, and that means accessing only one Apple ID. So you only have one account set up that has... So, you know, basically I don't think Apple sets these devices up to be shared very well. So Marianne, I do think that you and your husband at the very least should probably have your own iPhones. Yeah. We don't, we don't have a great solution for you there because Apple, Apple just does not help you out. And there's a lot of like horror stories out there of people getting divorced because they share an iPad and see text messages and all that stuff. But it's also confusing for your friends. If you're texting them, they don't know whether they're talking to your husband or you. Yeah, you there's know? a lot less yeah. scandalous reasons why it's just annoying. <laughs> um, so yeah. that's the first thing. The second thing, the air. Okay, so um, I believe this is true. Somebody can fact check me, but I believe the first product that Apple called air was the MacBook Air. And that was the famous moment where Steve Jobs pulled the MacBook Air out of the manila envelope. And it was so much lighter and thinner than a typical laptop that it was very obvious why he called it a MacBook Air. He like held it with one hand and it was very clear that like the point is Air implies lighter and thinner. Over the years though, Apple's done these weird things with and Pro similarly, when the Pro line came out, it was very clear that it was a much more powerful computer than the typical MacBook or the MacBook Air. But over the years, it's just gotten weird where there have been times where literally a Mac, there's been ver- models of the MacBook Pro that have been lighter than the MacBook Air. And iPad yeah. Pro, iPad, and iPad Air are all similarly weighted now. So basically, Marianne, your question is, is our answer is exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're all the same now. <laughs> we get why you're confused. I do think that still, despite the fact that Apple doesn't always follow through, the branding does hold, which is why I gave you that background iPad Air does imply that Apple is, is thinking of it as their lighter model, more portable, lighter, uh, and often, at least historically, a little bit less powerful because when you have, light, when you have light, lightness, you're often getting rid of a little bit of processing power, um, which is why we were harping on the fact that it had the same chip now. So that's why the Air is just as powerful as the Pro. And to answer your last question here, though, yes, uh, the Pro, if you want to use your iPad to watch movies, uh, the Pro is a better iPad for you because not only is it a much nicer display, it's the micro LED display as opposed to a retina display. It also has better speakers, I believe. Um, so yes, I think if you want to use that, then that is the right device for you. Of course, 
Uh, you can get an even nicer display if you want a TV, but in an Apple TV with, along with it. But that's a conversation for another day. Yes. So thanks for writing in. We love hearing from all of you. It's podcast at iphonelife.com. If you want to send us in your questions um, or your you know, answers to our questions, like, do you leave read receipts on? Red receipts <laughs> oh. on. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't even know now what to say. Now we got you all confused. Yeah. Okay, moving on to news. Apple has set its date for its Apple's for its apples, for its worldwide developers conference where it releases its big annual software updates for all of its devices. So the keynote's gonna be on June 6th. It runs June 6th through 10th. And this is where developers from all over the world come. They see these you know, new releases from Apple and do workshops because um, you know, all the developers then have to update their apps and uh, support all the new features that Apple announces. So it's an exciting event every year. We will be posting rumor roundups leading up to it. We've already started with some rumor roundups. Um, but we just wanted to chat about that here, too, yeah. a little bit. Um, Apple you know, will announce iOS 16. Also, an update for watchOS. This year, it's going to be watchOS 9, I believe. Um, we'll get tvOS, most likely, and what am I? iPad, iPadOS, um, and as well as macOS, which they're saying is going to be macOS Mammoth, potentially. We'll see. The uh, the naming of uh, of oh, Mac OS is is just so silly to me. But anyway. Yeah. Um. But along with that, we may get some hardware rumors. Um. Hardware. Um. The Mac Pro. There's been some speculation that there'll be a Mac Pro with an M2 chip. Yeah. So there. This happens every single year that there are hardware rumors for uh for WWDC, and very rarely do they come to. So I do think that we are going to have uh, an M2 computer, but I think that it'll likely be in the fall. Um, and I do think, I, I, I've been hearing rumors that the M2 will probably replace the M1 as opposed to the M1X. In other words, I think it'll probably be for the, the MacBook Air, which we did not get in the spring like we were expecting. So it'll be a MacBook Air and then With maybe, an M2? With an M2 and maybe an iMac. The, the ones that... I think the pro line is yet to be updated. I don't know that they'll release it this year, is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the rumors I'm hearing. And the Mac Pro, I think, will be, you know, they did tease that in the spring. So the Mac, when they released the Mac Studio, they said, oh, the Pro is coming. Now, the Mac Pro is going to be, I think, like a $20,000 computer. So for most of us, that's a little bit irrelevant, but we'll see. But you, but you do think it'll have the M2 chip, right? The Mac the, Pro? The Mac Pro. I think presumably the, I think the Mac Pro I don't know I think the Mac Pro is going to do the same thing that they did with the studio where they like combine two chips into an even more powerful chip mm. um, I don't know what they're going to do with it though it's going to be insanely powerful whatever they do yeah but yeah since they teased that at the March event like you know there was a lot of speculation of like oh this what they've done now with the M1 Ultra chip like how powerful could that make the Mac Pro? And a lot of people are excited about it. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but also the MacBook Pro now at this point could use a, an updated chip. Yeah, it'll be interesting because this is where we don't know Apple's strategy yet. Are they going to update their full line of chips at the same time where they'll have an M2, an M2X, an M2 Ultra? I'm and like already losing of it track of all the, the... The weird naming conventions yeah. they have to come up with. Yeah, are they going to do all of it once or are they going to sort of stagger it so it's sort of an every other year release cycle? I'm sort of speculating that they're going to stagger it the, and it's kind of every other year release cycle. Yeah, like it seems like lately with the iPad we were talking about this, how they kind of create each year the device that you should buy right now and so they don't release them right at the same time like the ipad air right now we all think is the obvious ipad to buy but then yeah. if it, once they release an ipad pro that maybe has some new groundbreaking feature in it plus the better processor it'll be like oh maybe that actually is worth paying four hundred dollars more for it. i have um, read but if they release them side by side apple would have to differentiate them more yeah and i do think the ipad pro will get updated this fall with an m2 chip so I think we'll get, here's my prediction to distill all of this rumors. Yeah. I think we'll get an, M, an iPad Pro with, with, with an M2 chip. We'll get an iPad, an i, a MacBook Pro, sorry, a MacBook <laughs> Air. I'm getting confused. So an iPad Pro with an M2 chip, a MacBook Air with an M2 chip and the little notch. Maybe it'll be a micro LED, maybe not. That's my prediction. And I think we probably will not get new MacBook Pros this year. Um, 
and I think we'll get a new iMac with an M2. Those are my predictions, and we'll check back in. And I think it'll Do be the fall. Do you think the MacBook Air will have a better um, FaceTime camera? Yes. Yeah, I feel like that would be silly for them to not include. Um, are you thinking this is all the fall? Because we were talking about WWDC. Do we think they're – I was – the rumors I was reading said that we might get some sort of Mac release. Yeah, and I'm shooting those rumors down. I, this uh, is purely like sometimes they do do Macs in, in June, so it's not the craziest thing. But rumors, the anal, pundits tend to, like everyone else who follows Apple, be an optimist and be excited for this stuff. And they tend to be a little bit early to predict it. Yeah. And every year there's more hardware predicted in June than comes out. Most years they do not release hardware in June. So I think they will come out with the operating systems in June, and then in September we will have the iPhone event, uh, and, and then from there, I don't know. Uh, but I think the Mac Macs will come out in the fall is what I'm saying. And I'm not sure with, with the software releases what will be the themes of new features this year. iOS 16, I've, it's been pretty light on the rumors so far. Watch OS 9, I've seen some rumors about health features, yeah. uh, including like medication management, which would be nice. Ooh, would More be like cool. women's health tracking features. Um, anything that I've read about in terms of like more types of things that you can track would involve new sensors in the Apple Watch, which I think... Um, would come this fall. Come this fall or maybe a couple years down the road even. Some of the more breakthrough ones I, I was reading in Bloomberg that we won't get till 2024. So it might just be some more like incremental health tracking feature changes. But I do think the Apple Watch is really has some pretty powerful health features. And it seems yeah. like Apple is doubling down on that and going in that direction. I, yeah, I have read that Apple is planning a big year for the Apple Watch. So we'll see if the, a lot of new features. Interesting. Yeah, um, so I'm excited. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Also, uh, Mark Gurman, an Apple analyst for Bloomberg, was talking about the iPad, and it was more of a wish list than what we think will actually happen, but I totally agree that with the, the iPad, there should be different modes that if you connected, let's say, like a, um, your Apple Pencil or an external keyboard, that it could switch into like a pro mode that would have more software features, but that the default would still be you know, the software that it's very similar to that, to the iPhone software, um, but it's so limited for doing more in-depth tasks. Um, and it doesn't seem like Apple wants to fully make the iPad have a Mac operating system, even though I personally think that would be nice just to have a mode that would let you do that, yeah. especially as like iPads are becoming more expensive and are supposed to be a laptop replacement. But I thought that was a cool idea of a way to manage that, that probably Apple won't do, but was a you know, would make sense. This has been on my wish list forever. And ironically, I think it's one of the times, I hate to say it, that Microsoft got it right. With the Microsoft yeah. Surface, this is exactly how they handle it. You it's can really have nice. the mobile mode with the apps, but you can switch to a pro mode. I also really like having, even when you're in the pro mode, still being able to use the touch screen with or without a stylus. Like yeah. it's nice having that experience that you can kind of just switch back and forth between. Um, and I'm so used to now having touch screens. Like I'll find that with my own Mac sometimes like wanting to touch the screen and being like, oh wait, that's <laughs> yeah, not how it works. <laughs> it's true. It is true. I, I get used to it. Um, and it's just so silly. I mean, we talk about it every time there's a new iPad that comes out, but it's so silly to put an M2 chip in what is essentially an oversized iPhone. It's overpowered by a lot. And like you need a better operating system to take advantage of such a powerful processor. Mm -hmm. that's, I, that's my level... Uh, speech for the day. I just, I was about to be like, oh, we've gotten through everything. We haven't even gotten to our main theme yet. We have our main theme. Which is notification summaries, which we have a lot to say about. So we should talk <laughs> about that. And But don't worry, with WWDC, we're going to be doing a lot of more coverage as we lead up to that June 6th date. And we'll have firmer rumors. This was just kind of the beginning. Yes. Um, wanted to put that on your radar. So notification summaries, just to uh, remind you all of what that is. Apple came out with a feature in iOS 15 that lets you schedule when you get notifications from any bundling of apps that you want. So let's say that you don't want to be bombarded throughout the day with news updates or podcast updates. You can schedule an 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. summary of all of those apps where you can see them all in a row. Um, my complaint before had been I did that for news and podcasts and I just found myself ignoring it all the time and didn't like it. 
Um, so David had the suggestion to try using notification summaries with apps that I'm more addicted to. <laughs> like I did, so I did it with Instagram. Um, I did it with all my social media. Okay. And so I bundled my social media apps together and I now have summaries three times a day, like morning, noon, and ah, after work. Okay. And I found it to be super effective because like it's forced me to use notification summaries because I'm really addicted to Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not going to ignore the summary when I see it. And so it kind of finally taught me how to use it. Because before it's like, it just, I was like, oh, I've got this big blob on my home screen that I wish wasn't there. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, Instagram has sent me four notifications. Like I have four Instagram notifications from the morning. Let me see what they are. And so if you tap the little number there, it expands and you can see everything within it. So it's both keeping me off Instagram at work, which mm -hmm. is great for my productivity. And also just giving me like a nice little package of updates to look forward to at different times of the day. And I like it. Yeah. And I had a similar reaction where we, we both started this from the headspace of we didn't like the summary view. Yeah. And we're I, both like, summaries are stupid. Why did Apple do this yeah. to us? <laughs> and I had done something silly, which is I had taken all of my smart home notifications and put them in a summary view, which is like, it made no sense. It was like anytime the door locked or unlocked or somebody walked by the security camera, it would like get put in a summary view. So then at five o'clock in the afternoon, I'd be like, here are the 20 times somebody locked and unlocked your door, <laughs> um, which made no sense. But what I did do once we did this experiment, which has been two weeks now, is I took all the news type stuff and I put in the summary and then all the social media stuff and I put in the summary. Mm. And I really liked it. I, I actually really like all my news stuff in a summary. Like I had the opposite experience of you, I think, where I, if it randomly pops on my phone at some random time during the day, I ignore it. But if I know it's coming at five and I'll take, I'll sit down and I'll actually kind of browse the little pop-ups. So what, when do you have your scheduled for? Out of I curiosity? just kept the defaults. Which I think is eight and five? Uh, seven and five. Oh, okay. So, and it works well for me because seven is like when my alarm goes off. So I wake up in the morning and I have a summary and then five is typically when I leave work. So then I can look. So that worked well for me. Um, and I really, I did not realize how much it, it was disrupting me to have my phone constantly buzz with notifications until I put them all in a summary. Did you have that experience? That I didn't notice how much it was bothering me? Like I found, like I was checking my phone every mm. time it would buzz because sometimes it's really important. Like somebody's texting me something urgent and 90% of the time it was like a random news summary from a financial app or something yeah. like that that I didn't need and I did not need to stop what I was doing to look at. And I feel like I've really gotten free from a lot of disruptions by having the summary view. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I keep my phone on silent all the time. And honestly, I don't know how anyone gets anything done with all their notifications <laughs> on all the time. Cause it's basically like every few minutes, if not more, you're getting like some sort of buzz and looking down at something. And um, so for me, that's like horrible for focusing on anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I keep my phone silenced, which has its own downfalls as all of my friends and family will tell you if you ask. <laughs> my dad just left me a voicemail being like, how am I supposed to get in touch with you if you never pick up your phone? <laughs> um, so I still need to perfect my system there. But um, I still was addicted just to looking. Like I'll look I, and see that I have a bunch of notifications and that still draws me into apps. When I like A lot of times I'm picking up my phone to do something specific and I'll find myself in an Instagram rabbit hole because something popped up on my, on my phone. So it definitely is, it's way better for focus for me using this feature. Yeah. Um, I actually would like to get your advice and maybe podcast listeners do too. If like there is a better middle ground I can find, um, I mean, notification summaries maybe is part of the solution. Um, like if there's something besides silent mode to help me be less distracted, because I do miss a lot of important calls and messages. I mean, I think this is where fine tuning your focus modes help. The, yeah. the, the problem, I think the challenging thing for you, because I know you, <laughs> is that like the thing that distracts you is often like conversations with your friends. Yeah. Because for me, what I've, I've kind of used summary mode for this where like if somebody texts me, I typically don't mind being disrupted because usually people are only texting me if they're trying to ask me something. I don't have a lot of just ongoing conversations. Uh, and so it helps that way. But for you, it's hard because the same people that sometimes urgently need to get in a hold of you 
also are the ones who are distracting you and you don't want to be distracted. Yes. No, it's true. I don't have a good answer for that one. Yeah, I don't know, but I do think silent mode. So I do have it set up now where I have a couple people who can bypass my silent mode yeah. and it'll ring for. But that also makes silencing your phone not as effective because your phone still could go off, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. I That isn't really great either. But I do think setting up my focus modes, um, I set them up when iOS 15 first came out. And if you don't know what that is, everyone listening, um, focus modes they're like customized do not disturb modes and it'll let certain apps and people um, get through even when you have that mode on, but you customize and choose who. So it's one of those features that can be really powerful, but you do have to spend some time setting it up in a way that really makes sense for your life individually. Otherwise, you're going to miss important calls or you're going to get annoying notifications even with the modes on. So there's a lot of ways it can go wrong, I will say, if you don't set it up right. Yeah. Do you find, do you use focus modes a lot? I do not. I have one focus <laughs> I mode. I have it on which right is, now. I have it on work mode so that no calls can get through. So, so what I do is I just have the traditional do not disturb. It's like kind of all or nothing for me. Mm. I always would go and try to do carve outs where like somebody could text me and I could never think of a situation in which I needed some people to be able to get through and most people not. Yeah. Um, so I don't use them other than I'll put it on do not disturb when I don't want to be disturbed by anybody. Well, in my work mode, I won't let no one can get through to me except for coworkers. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, because I figure if any any of you are texting me during work hours, it's like either to test a tip or like yeah. about a meeting, someone's running late or something like that. In, in general, I I keep I don't keep my phone on Do Not Disturb unless okay. I'm going to sleep or I'm recording a podcast or something. Um, I do have a few uh, kind of thoughts and <laughs> tips on the summary mode. I'm just laughing. Focus modes I do use also. And I'm like, no wonder I either silent, have it on silent or focus mode at all times. So no one can ever <laughs> no one get in touch with no, me. No, we, we all know this problem, Donna. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, notification summaries. Okay. So first of all, the way I recommend you get into uh, notification summaries is open up the, the notification center. And so if your phone's on lock screen, you just start swiping up and it'll pull up all your notifications and look through them and find the ones. So I, in my head, sort of categorized it this way. Which apps do are timely notifications? Which ones I want to see, but I don't care what time? And then which ones am I just getting that I actually don't want at all? And one of the things I did at the same time was I just purged apps that I looked through my notifications and anytime I saw an app that was sending me a notification that I didn't, that I was like, oh wow, I didn't realize I'd opted into this, I I like turned that off altogether. But the point I'm coming to, because you can go into notifications in settings and do it there, but I think the way to do it is to look at which apps are actually sending you notifications regularly and then man decide from there. And the way you do summary is when you find a notification that you want a summary on, you swipe from right to left on that notification and it pulls up a little options button. You tap options and then it gives you a few different things. One is you can mute for the day. So let's say you're like, have a, your family in town and they have a group conversation going on and you just want to mute that for the day, you can do it there. Um, but there in options is also turn off. So you can turn off all of them and then that's where the add to summary option is. So that's the first thing. Um, the thing though that I found that actually helped me go one step further that I'd be curious to see if you did too, is um, there was, there was a class of apps that I have a tr hard time with. And those are ones that I do sometimes need timely notifications from, but most of the time I don't. So as an example, one that drove me crazy was Uber. Mm. When I am in a city and I call an Uber, I need to know that it arrives. So I can't put it in summary mode because I don't want to find out at five o'clock at night that my Uber arrived at noon. Definitely not. <laughs> but they send me all sorts of notifications all the time, just being like, here's a 20% discount, whatever. It's annoying. So what for those apps, first of all, sometimes there's just nothing you can do and it drives you crazy, but you can actually go into the app itself and a lot of them have notification options within them. So oh. that's what you can do where you can say, only send me notifications for when my car arrives, do not send me promotions. Um, so I kind of went in and like went into the apps that were sending me a lot of notifications that I didn't 
want but couldn't opt out of altogether and tried to see if there was a notification management within each of those apps. The other thing that I did that I was particularly proud of myself on was there was this really annoying thing. So I have, I use Yahoo Weather and Yahoo Weather uh, sends me a like, what is my day going to be um, weather summary. And it sent it to me at 7.05, which meant that like, it would show up at five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Okay. So I went in and I actually customized it to send it to me at 6.55. So then in my summary, it showed me the weather in the morning. Okay. So this is part of my complaint. You can only set up, this was something you did in the particular weather apps that it showed up yeah. in your summary. Because you can't set up more than one summary. Like you can set them, they can show up more than once a day, but you can't like bundle different apps into different summaries. Yeah, this is true. And like, what do you think of that? Because that was part of my initial reason I didn't want to use the feature is I was like, why? Like, I should be able to have a summary of Instagram and then a different summary of other apps. Mm. Um, and it doesn't let you do that. I, that didn't weird. bother me, but I'm trying to think. So you would want well, like, to have a more frequent summary for the ones you use a lot, mm -hmm. like Instagram. And it seemed weird to like have, like now I'm thinking I will probably add news to my social media summary, but just intuitively to me, it seemed nice to be like, oh, I'll open a summary of social media. And like, I can also then open a different summary of yeah. news and podcasts. I you think can't it'd be do a that. cool feature. Um, and I wonder why they didn't do that because it seemed... But like maybe they just don't want to make it too complicated to set these things up. So they kind of try to keep it simple. But I do think like things like you're doing going into each app and already kind of tailoring your notifications and then adding them to summaries from there is going to create a more customized experience at least, which yeah. does seem like I haven't done that. And that seems like a good idea. It was a fun experiment because it did. It motivated me to like get a in like get on top of my notifications in a way that I just had never done. Yeah. And I, the more I did it, the more I found that like it, it was sort of this like positive spiral where every time once you get once I got used to the fact that my phone wasn't buzzing all day, then anytime it buzzed for some random thing that I didn't want it to, I would get annoyed and go fix it. Mm -hmm. So it created this little like cycle where I got better and better about keeping things from distracting me. Uh, throughout the day and I, I've actually I've really enjoyed it like it's really made a difference that I get way less distracted now that I yeah you're inspiring me already since our last episode I have had a big turnaround on notification summaries which for all of you listening to um, you can access it like David said through an actual notification by pressing it and getting options but also just in your notification settings in the settings app you can access all that directly there as well um and I feel like we should add on to our question of the week because I would love for people to try this at home and let us know. Yeah, you, why don't you all uh, do the experiment with us, try it for a couple weeks and send us emails, let us know how it's going because we'd love to hear, do you guys have positive experience? And are there, like I said, there's, I found a few little tips and tricks that made it work better for me, like changing the time that I get my weather summary, for example. So how are you guys finding ways to make it work better for you all? Yes, email podcast at iphonelife.com. And I think that wraps up our episode in our new studio. Yes, the inaugural <laughs> episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Also, feel free to let us know how you like the new studio. Um, I, we will be back in a couple weeks. And make sure if you want to join our camera course to learn everything about all the camera modes, as well as tips for just getting better shots, better lighting, better focus, um, just go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. You'll get a 30% off deal right now for an annual subscription of Insider. And that includes access to all of our live courses, including this camera one. So make sure to come and join and Insider stick around. We have some exclusive content for you. Yes. All right. Bye everyone. Bye.